Hallelujah. I want to read a scripture here. Into your hearing. Please stay standing while I read this. If you would stay standing with me while I read this. This is in 1 Corinthians chapter 10. It's a beautiful scripture. Um, and I need to, you to stay patient with me until I get all the way to verse 13. Because that's where the message is at today. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 verses 1 says, Moreover, brethren, I would not that you would be ignorant how that all our fathers were under the cloud and all passed through the sea. What is he saying here? I need you to know that the same way we are led by the Holy Ghost, yes, yes. the same that we are baptized believers, our fathers were led by the cloud, yeah. led by the Spirit, mm -hmm. and led through the sea, yeah. led through the water. He's saying the same thing here. Yeah. And we were all baptized unto Moses in the cloud and in the sea, yeah. and did eat all the same spiritual meat, mm -hmm. and did all drink the same spiritual drink. Yes, For they drank of the spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. Christ. Oh, what they were doing in the desert yeah. was doing nothing other than follow Christ. Yeah. There's a comparison to be made with old book and new book. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I'm not telling you about old book because of history. Yes. I'm telling you because he was there. He was in the there. Beginning. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Oh, this Christ was there. Yes. Stay patient with me. But with many of them, God was not well pleased. Yes, we know this. For they were overthrown in the wilderness. A lot of them didn't make it through, even now they had the spirit, the cloud, yes. Yes. and went through the water, the sea. A lot of them still didn't make it. That's why I need us to be vigilant. Like all the gifts and the blessings we've been given, we still got to be vigilant. Yes. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Let's keep reading. Verse 6 says, Now these things were our examples to the intent we should not just lust after evil things as they also lusted. We've got to learn from their mistakes. Yes, sir. Yes. Amen? Yes. We get an opportunity to see how badly you can get it wrong. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Neither be ye idolaters, as were some of them, as it was written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. That's all their entire life was bent on just kicking it. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Right. Having a good time. Yes, sir. Yeah, I've got no problem with with, with you yes. having fun. That's not what I'm saying. Yes. Having joy and happiness. I don't want to say that's not what we... I'm saying that can't be your life. Yes. Yes. You can't be just led by your emotions. Right. Yes. Uh, yes. Verse 8, Neither let us commit fornication as some of them committed and fell in one day three and twenty thousand. Thousands died because they gave in just to their lusts and their flesh. Neither let us tempt Christ as some of them also tempted and were destroyed by serpents. Yeah. Neither murmur ye as some of them also murmured. This is a warning. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Be careful. We've been given a great salvation, but don't treat it like it's just anything. And we're destroyed of the destroyer. Verse 11. Now all these things happened unto them for in samples, and they are written for our admonition, upon whom the ends of the world are come. Yes, sir. They were all went through this yeah. for a reason. Yeah. Amen. Amen. They went through it so that we would know better. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We they didn't have an example. At least they can say that. Yeah. We can't say that. Verse 12. Wherefore let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he fall. Yes. 
Be very careful. You might think you've got it all together. You might think you're all set, but he's saying be careful even if you think you're standing, just in case you slip. Uh, Verse 12, verse 13. There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. It's not unusual to be tempted. Let's just understand this. It's not unusual. <laughs> it's, not, it's not uncommon. It's normal to be said something that just, man, I, that almost made me slip. That's normal. It's saying it right here. It's normal. But God. <laughs> what is the antidote to the fact that I'm this common human being subject to error? God is the substitute. But God is faithful. While your feelings, your commitment, your desire is unfaithful, it's up and down, He stays faithful. Who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able, but will, with the temptation, also make a way of escape that ye may be able to bear it. This is an amazing scripture. Because he's saying that the temptation is going to come. That's common. That's normal. But the fact that we have God means that with the temptation, is a way to get out. Isn't that amazing that with the problem is a solution if you look? Like I've got this problem. But with the problem is an actual escape. Not because of who we are, but because God is faithful. Hallelujah, glory to God. I'm so grateful to the God I serve. Please take your seats. Praise the Lord, everybody. Praise the Lord, everybody. That I am so grateful to be with you today. It is of the God's Lord's mercies that we are not consumed. He is a faithful God. What's fascinating about that is that um, it looked like, given the circumstances and the temptation, and it's so common that um, we would give in to that temptation. But the scripture says no. If you're with a faithful God, he will, with that temptation, get you a way out. He will, with that problem, get you a way out. He will, with that situation, provide for you a way out. Some of the times the problem is that we have no idea how to look at our problems. We do this avoidance thing where we don't want to accept that there's a problem in the life. But with the problem, sometimes it's a solution if you look. Uh, If you look hard enough, you're going to find the solution in the problem. (laughs) But I've got to understand that there's a faithful God working for me. I'm so grateful to be with you all today. Um, I just want to remind you before I dive into the word, this, this is connected to my word, but I want to remind you. I've been asking you all to get into the Psalms this, this, this November. Um, my intent, my plan, my hope is that on December, the first Sunday of December, you find, you by then will have found one chapter of the Psalms that resonates with you. One chapter or a couple of verses in one chapter and that you will share it with us. 
I need this. I'll tell you, I need your encouragement too. I need to know what inspires you too. And so I want you to get ready on December, I think it's 4th, Sunday, December the 4th. I want you to read that scripture to us. Um, every single one of us, that includes you, Nia. I know you're singing every week. <laughs> I will never, you too, sir. I know you're playing every week. Mickey, you too. Um, everybody too. Read their scripture. The one that, that resonates with you, the one that hits your heart, the one that you want to share with me, us. I want you to share it with us. I'm interested in hearing what scriptures are inspiring you. I do this every week. I, I, I give you the scripture that's inspiring me every week. And I want you to just read the scripture to me. If you want to tell me a little bit why it inspires you, I'd love to hear it. Give me a word on top of it. I'd love to hear it. I'm going to make room and space for it on the first Sunday of December. Amen? Amen. I want everybody to commit to that. So get in your word. Um, look at the Psalms. Um, there's already a couple that I'm eyeing already. I don't know if I can narrow it down to one. I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to narrow it down. There's a couple that I've got in there that I love. And I mean, you know, we, 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 we kind of grew up in this. So for us, this is like um, normal. But I want us to normalize the sharing of the scripture. Um, I think it's important. I want us to be part of our um, worship. So I want to dive in here. I love that scripture we would just get, that there is no temptation taking you that is, is not common to man. Like, stop thinking that you're the special one with all the, no, you're just, it's, it's normal. It's pretty normal usually. And you've gone through it. I thought when I was growing up, um, then there's no way my dad understands what I'm going through. I was uniquely human. And this 1980s is a unique, nah. Just like the 1970s, just like the 1960s, 50s, 40s, 30s, 20s, 20s. It's just the same. Gosh, time moves, but boy, oh boy, the human condition really is just repeating itself over and over again. And so sometimes we have to realize uh, when you see somebody struggling with something, you have to understand that it's common to you too. Like you're not some person who is just, yeah, you didn't, you didn't have to worry about it. You have to worry about it too. The scripture said, again, if I can just go back there really quickly. The thing that struck me was he said in verse 12. Wherefore, yes, sir. let him yeah. that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he fall. Let the one who really thinks he's got it together yeah. be careful, man. Yeah. I'm not saying don't be confident in your salvation. I'm not saying don't stand up straight and be grateful for who you are. But I'm saying in all the confidence you have, be careful. It is by God's grace and faithfulness why we're standing. Gosh, you think it's because of you. Here's the thing about victory. I love having victory. But what it does tend to do to the mind is make you assume that oh, I got the victory because of me. And I want us to get unseat that thinking. You've got the victory, but it's because of him. Uh, you're okay, but not because of you and your skill. Not because of how great you are, because of how great he is. Like he planned it this way, not you. And you can assume sometimes that when you're on the other end and it's a victorious and you're beating the enemy, that your skill got you here. And I want you to really undo that and get you displace the victory from you to him. 
Yes, sir. You, you got here, but it was because of him. Right. Amen? Amen. So I was reading then, and this is a message I gave some years ago, but I need to go back over it. In 2 Kings uh, chapter 6, this is about the prophet Elisha with S-H-A, prophet Elisha. There's a couple of prophets. One was Elijah, and then there was Elisha with S-H-A. This is S-H-A prophet, Elisha. He is an inc what we think of as prophets, this is it. Like he's a powerful prophet. What he says, the Lord honors. Uh, he hears from the Lord, he speaks it, and not one word, as the scripture says, hits the ground. Meaning, it's going to hit its mark. It's supposed to be, he's describing his words like arrows. Like whatever I point at, that's what it's going to hit. It doesn't hit, it doesn't miss. Miss, and it certainly doesn't hit the ground. Whatever his words go out to do, that's exactly what happens. Glory to God. But the power that Elijah has, he understands, not that he is somehow powerful, but he understands that it is God with him that makes it so. So let's read if we can. I want to start from 2 Kings chapter 6, 2 Kings chapter 6, verses 8, and I'm going to go through to verse 20, verse 8 through verse 20. Just to kind of set the, the scene here is uh, Elijah's famous already for, for knowing the will of the Lord, knowing the power of the Lord, for telling people things about themselves, for healing. There was a uh, leper from Syria in the previous chapter called Naaman. Naaman was um, a, the, the chief commander in the Syrian army. We find out about Naaman because he has, not only is he just the, the best in terms of the, being a captain and a general, but he has what is called leprosy. Leprosy is a particular disease that in fact impacts the, the condition of the skin and it's highly communicable, meaning it can be passed from one person to another very, very easily. So people who have leprosy tend to isolate themselves. They tend to be on the fringes of society because you can't invite them in because you might get leprosy too. And from a standpoint of Israel, they are called ceremonially unclean too. But a situation has occurred where the king of Syria asks the king of Israel to help him with his guy Naaman. Help heal him. You have a prophet over there, can you help? So they send him to, to, to Elijah and Elijah tells Naaman, go bathe in the water of Jordan seven times. Go bathe and you will be healed. And Naaman gets upset with the request because the Jordan isn't a particularly clean river. And he wants, him to, he wants to be told to do something fantastic like, you know, sacrifice 10 bulls or, or give some gold to the poor and then become healed. He has so much pride that he wants to dictate how he becomes whole from the thing that's holding him back. I don't know if you've ever gone through that where your pride is kind of holding you back from a deliverance. Uh, it's happened to me so many times. Like, Lord, I want you to deliver me, but not like that. I don't want to do it like that. I want you to do it when, where I can be, keep, my, keep my sense of pride, Lord. And the Lord is telling you to go brave in the river to get rid of this thing that's holding you back. And you're saying, ah, oh, I want to be saved, but not like that. It's a crazy thought. Have you ever seen somebody who's drowning? You throw anything over to them, they grab onto it. They don't care what it looks like. 
Can you imagine throwing somebody a life jacket and they throw it back while drowning saying, ah, it's, I want the green one. Throw me the green life jacket. This one, I hate orange. Doesn't make sense. You grab onto what is close. So Elijah is well known. They know who Elijah, the Syrians know who Elijah is. He's been this man that has the word of God in his mouth. Yes, Naaman describes him, he says, I know now, given that, that what he's, what, when he gets healed from his leprosy, he says, I now know. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> that the, he said, as the Lord liveth before my stand, I will receive none. Mm -hmm. And he urged him to take it, but he refused. So let me go back to, sorry, verse uh, 15. First, this is what Naaman says when he gets healed. He says, And he returned to the man of God and the old company and came and stood before him and he said, Behold, now I know that there is no God in all the earth but in Israel. Now therefore I pray thee, take a blessing of thy servant. Uh, he knows in the chapter 5 verse, uh, verse 15 that there is no other God. Right? He realizes that this is the case. But it doesn't take long for us to get to chapter 6 and verse 8. And in that verse it says, Then the king of Syria warred against Israel. War against Israel. Wait a minute, you mean we just helped your guy out? And you're already coming for a fight? <laughs> like, didn't I just do the thing you asked me to do? The funny thing is, Naaman was the head of the armies. So wait a minute, you all are coming for a fight after I've just healed the guy who was the head of your army? Okay. But you know what the thing that I, I'm realizing? Uh, uh, Elijah was not ignorant to what was coming. How do I know? Let's, let's read through it and you'll see what I mean. Verse 8 reads thus. Then the king of Syria warred against Israel and took counsel with his servants, saying, In such and such a place shall be my camp. And the man of God unto the king of, sent unto the king of Israel, saying, Beware that thou pass not such a place, for thither there the Syrians are come down. And the king of Israel sent to the place which the man of God told him and warned him of, and saved himself there not once nor twice. <laughs> Therefore the heart of the king of Syria was sore troubled for this thing. What has happened here? Let me break this out a little bit. What has happened, the Syrians have decided to fight against Israel and they decided let's make a secret camp in a particular location where we can ambush the Israel army. Let's sit in this one place, let's get there. And then, but Elijah knows about this because the Lord's speaking to him and tells the king of Israel, don't go over there, they're waiting for you in hiding. And if they catch you, they'll kill you. So they don't just miss it once. Nor twice, but the scripture let us know that at least three times yeah. this happens. Like the word of Elijah's come, and I can only still assume that Naaman is the head of the army. Like if no one knows what's going on, surely he should have known. But the other thing that's more important than this is that Elijah knew when he was healing Naaman that he would be dealing with Naaman later. What is wonderful about this moment is that it doesn't stop him from doing what is right by Naaman. He still does it. There's a certain kind of confidence you've got to have 
to help your enemies that you know that are coming after you tomorrow. If you know that when they come after you tomorrow, the day after that, they're still going to be destroyed, it doesn't make no difference to you that they come after me. I'm still going to give them the help they need. Amen? I love this idea that, that Elijah knew this whole time that Naaman, the one who was standing against him, was somehow going to be a problem. But he didn't care. Let me keep reading here. Therefore, the heart of the king of Syria was so troubled for this thing. So this king of Syria is realizing I'm, there's a problem here. I've set a trap. And the trap was supposed to have been set, but they have somehow avoided the trap. Uh, so he says that he's called his servants and said unto them, Will ye not show me which of us is for the king of Israel? My only assumption is I had a bulletproof, foolproof plan to get Israel, and I need to tell you to tell me which of you are the spy. Which one of you is telling him the plans we've made in this place? Which of you are working against me? It was his only reasonable conclusion that the only way he could get out of that situation that they were in is if one of you is working against me. (laughs) Ah, glory to God. Let me keep reading here. And one of his servants, verse 12, said, None, my lord, O king. And I can only imagine, you know, this was probably Naaman. One of them is stepping out and says, No, it's it's none of us. He says, None of Lord my king, but Elijah the prophet that is in Israel telleth the king of Israel the words that thou speakest, you talking about, in your bedchamber. Like the most secure place we have in Syria, he has a direct connection to it. Yes, 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 come on. What he's starting to tell him, realizing here, is your problem isn't us, your problem is Elijah. Your problem is Elijah because he's able to tell you what's going on even though he's not here. You know what's fascinating about this moment is? His target is Israel. His target is Israel, but he realizes now that the only way to get Israel is to get Elijah first. Amen? Let's keep reading. And he says, and he said, go and spy where he is that I may send and fetch him. And it was told to him saying, he is in Dothan. So now the plan is not to go after Israel. It sounds crazy when you say it, because I'm thinking about how to say this. Not to go after Israel, but go after the guy who's been telling him all the things that are in his bed changer, by definition. He's just heard what you've said. Like, how are you going to go after him now? By definition, he now knows. But I'm realizing that desperation makes the enemy do crazy things. (laughs) It's desperation why he's coming after you. Don't you know you're standing there like Elijah for your family? Like, the enemy intended to not only go after you, but your family, but you're standing there hearing from God, praying to God, being that person who's standing. And so the enemy doesn't have to go after you, your family first. He has to go after you first. (laughs) Going after the, you're ready for that prayer. (laughs) You've been praying 
for them this whole time, repeatedly. So in order to get past that, he has to get to you. He has shifted his whole strategy from attacking Israel to attacking Elijah. Where is Elijah? Elijah is in Dothan, this place called Dothan. It's this particular city. What's interesting about Dothan, if you look on the map of Israel, uh, Dothan is a city that is on a hill. <laughs> Meaning that, it's two reasons why that's good and that's bad. First of all, you see the enemy coming from a long way off, if you're on the hill, but if the enemy surrounds you, there's no way out. Like, there's no way to get away if you're on a hill and you're surrounded by the enemy. There's no escape, by definition. You are locked in. So when he finds out that Elijah is in Dothan, he's thinking to himself, we've got him. You can't, you can't go another way off of the mountain, off the hill. It, you're stuck. It's not like he can tell him, get off the mountain if we're already there. So get our army to Dothan. We've got the problem. Then we can go after Israel. Let's keep reading. In fact, could you, could you help me read here, sir? And he said, verse 13, go and spy where he is that I may send and fetch him. And it was told him, saying, behold, he is in Dothan. Therefore, sent he the, the horses and chariots and a great host. And they came by night and compassed the city about. So they thought, so the assumption is, let's go by night. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. They can't see us coming. That takes away their advantage in Dothan. Let's go at night. And then when we get there, let's surround, compass the city. Surround the city. They don't see us coming. They can't possibly see us coming. And they can't get away because we're surrounding. They've been escaping us in the past because there's been another way out. But they're in Dothan, this northern city that is on a mountain, on a hill. Can't get away. Amen. Read that verse, read that verse again. Therefore, verse 14 said, He thither horses and chariots and a great host and they came by night and compassed the city about. So now he's sent everything he can. He sent horses, chariots. He sent his soldiers, his armies to fight what is a spiritual battle but in a physical way. <laughs> you know there's a beautiful song we sing, um, it may look like I'm surrounded. But I'm surrounded by you. And I can't help but this song is resonating in my ears as I, this story unfolds. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. It looks like you've got me, but I've got you. You think I'm trapped. You think I'm... But I've trapped you. You're not... You think... You think you've got me, but in fact what has happened is I've got you. Uh, this is a, I, you think you've got me where you want me, and I've got you where I want you. <laughs> you know the thing that the enemy meant for evil? God is able to turn it around turn it, for good. Turn it, turn it. Yes, sir, turn it. Yes, sir. The thing that he thought he was going to trap, this is what I'm saying is that we go back to Corinthians. The thing that is going to send to you to disrupt you. He is with the thing that's got sent to you. We're gonna make a way for escape. You say, well, how can I get out of a situation where I'm surrounded? Because he's surrounding the situation too. 
Let's go look here. Let's keep reading here. Verse, where did we get to? Verse 15. Yes. And when the servant of the man of God was risen early and gone forth, behold, an host compassed the city both with horses and chariots. And his servant said unto him, Alas, my master, how shall we do? Uh, now, so this is, is interesting. So the servant of Elijah is with Elijah, wakes up early in the morning. First light, he gets to see what the night has been covering the whole day, all time. The night has ushered in an, an army that has completely surrounded the city of Dothan. Horses, chariots. The strongest army on the planet right now is surrounding this small city of Dothan. There doesn't look like there's a chance for them to get away. And the, the, the servant is naturally and normally frightened by what's going on. He's looking with his own two eyes and seeing that we're surrounded. And he says to his master, alas, my master, how in the world are we going to get out of this? I don't see a way out. It's fascinating to me how your perspective can change your attitude in a particular situation. Your perspective can be the thing that makes the difference. From his perspective, it looks like we are terribly outnumbered. Elijah's not so worried though for some reason. For some reason, Elijah isn't even, even sweating. He's not concerned. <laughs> the funny thing is he's been using this connection with God to save others this whole time. And he seems, at least at this moment, to have missed the fact that he was in danger too. Just read that verse one more time, that same verse. And when the servant of the man of God was risen early and gone forth, behold, an host compassed the city boat with horses and chariots. And his servants said unto him, Alas, my master, how shall we do? The thing you have to remember in this situation is that Elijah was never what the goal was. This was done because he was after Israel. Yes, in order to get to Israel, I've got to get Elijah. Yeah. So now I'm going to turn my resources to Elijah. So Elijah's here as the only reason he's here is because he stands between the prize of Israel and the king of Syria. I need you to understand something, that the reason why you get so much trouble and worries and concern is because the enemy's after something that you love. And the only way he's going to get there is if he gets through you. And I'm telling you, you've got to stand and realize from your perspective that God has given you something. He's given you a perspective that no one else seems to have in your family, no one else seems to have in your friends, no one else has as your cousins. And they're looking to you and you're going to have to stand there and say, you, you don't see the victory yet, but yes, the sir. victory is here. Elijah's not concerned. Elijah had a great night's sleep, yes, sir. even though he knew what was coming. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Elijah was the only person who knew what was coming, yes, sir. but yet he was, scripture tells us that he woke up in the morning, meaning he got a good night's sleep. Yes, he didn't try to escape. He didn't try to get out of there. He stayed exactly where he was. That means he was exactly where he was supposed to be. 
That means this trouble was always going to come. That means whether he helped Naaman or not, that trouble was coming. So he may as well help Naaman because you all are going to come and I'm going to have to deal with you in that situation. <laughs> it's one thing I told you last week is that when the Lord is looking at us and our lives, he's looking at it from beginning to end. It's a string and he's seeing it. And he's telling you when the string gets to here, don't worry. I know it looks bad, but don't worry. I know what happens in the next part of the string. Who are you going to trust, the one with this perspective or the one that's on the string perspective? I'm trusting the one who holds the future. Who holds the future. Come on, preacher. Yes, sir. It would have been easy for Elijah to say, you know, just to be sure, I'm going to get out of here. Just to be really, really careful, let's just leave. But he had such an assurity, he was seeing something that others didn't see. Let's read the verse again. And when the servant of the man of God was risen early and gone forth, behold, and host compassed the city, both with horses and chariots, and his servant said unto him, Alas, my master, how shall we do? How shall we do? What is Elijah's response to how shall we do? And he answered, Fear not. Let's just get, let's just start here. I'm not going to let fear make my decisions for me. Let's, let's start there. You know, again, I want to make sure I go over what fear is and what fear is not. The natural response of the body is to fill you, when, when you're, the danger is near, is to fill you with um, endorphins and things like that to make you respond quickly. Right? He wants to, and you can sometimes think, no, well, that's, that's the fear, right? That's the... I've given in to fear. No, that's just your body doing what the body does. It's, it's filling you with, with energy and making you get ready for whatever's coming. The question for me isn't whether my body does that. The question is what do I do next? What do I actually do? Am I running or am I standing and fighting? Standing and fighting means I didn't give in to that feeling, that scary feeling in my stomach. Amen, amen. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So he's saying is, I don't want you to give in right now to that fear response that is in you. I want you to fear not right now. And he goes on to say what? And, and, and he answered, fear not, for they that be with us are more than they that be with them. The response to fear not is a logical one. I need you to understand the reason why I want you to fear. I'm not going to ask you to do anything that is out of your ability to do. I want you to fear because it makes sense to fear not. I don't want you to be scared because it doesn't make sense to be afraid when we've got more than they've got. I don't want you to be afraid when our army is bigger than theirs. I don't want you to be afraid when our God is greater than their God. I don't want you to be afraid because our deliverer is a strong tower. Don't you be afraid. You don't, when you are in getting into a fight and you're bigger, faster, stronger than the other person, you're not the one who needs to be afraid. <laughs> they need to be afraid. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Oh, my. Yes, sir. So very true. I'm yes, a better fighter. Yes, I've got more skills than you. Yes, Why am I going to be afraid for? Yes, sir. That's your job. Yes, sir. <laughs> so they've come here. Keep reading, sir. Verse, yeah. Fear not, for they that be with us 
are more than they that be with them. So the biggest army in the country, in the world, excuse me, yes, has shown up at your doorstep. Mm -hmm. And the prophet that is with you, Thank you the Jesus. one prophet that is with you has said, actually, we've got a bigger we're army bigger, than that. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> Next verse. And Elijah prayed, verse 17. Next step when we have, don't be afraid. Elijah prayed. Yes, sir. Oh, my. And then what's going to happen is we're going to pray. Mm -hmm. yeah. Ah. Yeah. Not going to be afraid. Yes, sir. Thank you, Lord. Thank and I'm going to start to pray. I'm going to just pause for a moment here. Because clearly, if they were going to escape, we wouldn't be explaining anything to each other. We would be getting on our horses and getting out of Dodge the best way we could. But I'm going to pause for a moment in the middle of being surrounded and pray. We skip step two sometimes. We skip step two, and I want you to pause and lean into step two a little bit more. Like, I'm going to pray right now. I have to let everybody know I'm doing it. I don't have to let anybody know. I don't have to, I don't have to get anybody else involved. I'm just going to pray right now. And he says, he's going. Elijah prayed and said, Lord, I pray thee. Open his eyes. Lord, he's not praying for himself right now. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Here's the thing Elijah's doing. He's praying for the people around him to get the same confidence he's got. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I already know what's going on. Let's keep reading. Elijah prayed and said, Lord, I pray thee, open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened his eyes of the young man. Yes. And he saw, and behold, the mountain was full of horses. And chariots of fire round about Elisha. Where is the where's the where, where's the army? Yes, sir. Round about him. <laughs> so now, now, given now we know yes, where sir. the Lord's army is. Where am I gonna be? I'm gonna be sticking with Elijah. I don't care what Dothan's walls could be. The mountain could be on the top of the mountain. You think that's the safe place or the unsafe place, depending on what your strategy is. Maybe you're thinking, let's get to Jerusalem. Jerusalem's got walls and it's surrounded by mountains. Maybe that's the safest place. No, no, and no. Oh, wow. The yes. safest place yes. is with yes. the one who's yes. with God. Your mistake, the Syrian's biggest mistake, was yes. shifting strategy. Yes. Yes, sir. You were better off going after better Israel right. yes, sir. than going after yes. Elijah. Yes, oh, Elijah had an entire army around yes. him 24 7, 365. <laughs> your, your first strategy was better than the second yes, one. Sir. <laughs> Here Elijah is, unconcerned, unbothered by being trapped. You see what happened when, when the king of Israel was about to be trapped? He sent word because the army wasn't with the king of Israel. The army was with Elijah. So he said, let me let you know to how to avoid danger. But the Lord is with me. <laughs> So when the danger's coming to Elijah, he doesn't say, avoid Dothan. He says, I'm staying in Dothan. Why am I staying in Dothan? Because wherever I am, that's where the Lord is. In this story, this thing that we're learning from today, you are the Elijah. 
<laughs> I'm going to ask you to be the Elijah if you don't even feel like being the Elijah. Yes. You're going to be the one who prays when fear comes. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You're going to be the one who says, Lord, be with me. And when you're with me, you're going to be with them. Open their eyes. I want you to be the Elijah for your family, for your friends, for your co-workers, for your children. Uh, I want you to attract the army to you so that when the enemy thinks that you're sur they're surrounded, they actually realize we're outnumbered here. <laughs> Let's keep reading, sir. And Elijah prayed and said, Lord, I pray thee, open his eyes that he may see. Open his eyes, let him see. Let him, because if, if he knew what I knew, his worry would go away immediately. Let's keep reading. And the Lord opened his eyes of the young man, and he saw, yeah. and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire round about Elijah. So they came with horses and chariots, but not only did we already have horses and chariots, we outnumbered you, and we had fire. They didn't have fire. We had horses, chariots, and fire. Let's keep going. And when they came down to yes. Elijah prayed unto the Lord and said, smite this people. So wait a minute. Not only does Elijah have an army that's bigger than theirs, right. but he doesn't even use it. Think this through. He showed the, he showed the army so that the servant would feel better. But when it came to fighting, he didn't even need to use them. Yes, yes. Wow. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Incredible, sir. You mean to tell me I've got a whole army around him? Yes. And the Lord can deliver me yes. still even yes. without the army? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes. So not only was I surrounded yes. by him, yes. but I was given deliverance yes. by him, too. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We always think that we have to win the fight in some dramatic way. Maybe the thing we wanted to happen was a clash of, of armies right now. Maybe the thing you thought that you needed to have was like how Naaman thought he needed to have some amazing thing happen to lose his leprosy. Not necessary at all. What does he do? He turns him to some dirty water and he tells to, to the army, rather than fight, let's just go ahead and let them lose their eyes. If they lose their sight, they ain't gonna wanna fight no more. <laughs> let's take the desire out of them to hurt me and mine. We can, we can, through our prayers, we want to make sure that the Lord will destroy them. Lord, just take the desire out of their heart. Take that desire out. Let's just let them, let them want to walk. In fact, what happens in this particular story, let's keep reading actually. Smite this people, I pray thee. Smite them. With blindness. Yes. And he smote them yep. with blindness according to the word of Elijah. So, yes, keep going. And Elijah said unto them, this is not the way, neither is this the city. Follow me, and I will bring you to the man whom you seek. So they've got to Dothan by night. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. They've, somebody's told them they've been leading through the night, get to here so that they can be taken by surprise, trap him on a mountain, and he gets, they get there. Yes, yes sir, yes, sir. Come on. Elijah says, let the Lord let them be blind. Yes. They're all blind now, every yes, single yes, one of them. Yes, he comes down off the mountain and says, actually, you've ended up at the wrong city. Okay, yes, sir. He could have done them harm. That's right, that's right. Yes, sir, yes, sir, yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. Oh, my. Yes, but sir. when you know that they were always outnumbered, yes, sir. you kind of feel sorry for them. Yes. They're in the wrong fight. Yes, yes, yes. You 
you don't even understand right, right now. Let's keep going. And Elijah said unto them, verse 19, this is not the way, neither is this the city. Follow me, and I will bring you to the man whom you seek. But he led, but he led them to Samaria. So he tells them, hey, I want to show you where you need to fight. And he takes them to a completely different city. Let's keep reading. See what happens here. And the king of Israel, verse 21, said unto Elijah, when you saw them, my father, shall I smite them? Shall I smite them? And he answered, Go ahead. And he answered, Thou shalt not smite them. What is thou smite those who, who thou hast taken captive with the sword and with the bow? Thou set bread and water before them that they may eat and Amen. drink. And you see this wonderful thing that Elijah is doing? The wonderful thing that Elijah is doing here is saying that almost here, yeah. and they don't, they were completely outmatched. Yeah. It was never close. Right. <laughs> yes, it was never, never a fight. Yes, sir, right. It was never going to be a fight. I didn't even use the army. Yeah. I just turned them blind and I took them to another city. Yeah. And his servant says, hey, we've got them at a disadvantage. Should we kill them? Should we take them out? And Elijah says, no, no, no. Just give them some food and water because they're probably hungry by now. Yes, sir. Can you imagine? Yes, sir. When you have a, a surety in God, the enemies that come at you, you're not even worried about their motivation. Yes, sir. All right, Elvin. Yes, sir. I know the end and the beginning of this fight. I know I'm going to be fine because the Lord is with me. Yes, He's with me. Oh, my and when I have a chance to get you back, I'm not even going to have to do it because the Lord was with me the, the whole time. Oh, my. Everything's changed. Oh, my. Yes, sir. Everything's changed. You think you're surrounded. But I'm surrounded oh my, by oh him. He, the whole time, Elijah's purpose is in God. Right, the whole time. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. What's the point of getting upset with you? You were never, you never going to hurt me. I could have hurt you at any time. I could have left at any time. I heard you were coming. So I'm grateful to this, this message that we have in here. I need you to understand that when your enemies are coming after you, coming after your family, coming after your people, coming on, after preacher. your friends, on, yes, we aren't surrounded by our enemy. Yes. Yes, we are surrounded by the presence of God. And no matter what we go through, no matter how difficult the fight, I don't even have to get revenge. I don't even need revenge because I knew what the outcome was before. And if I didn't know it, I know he knew it. Yes, sir. That's good stuff. That's good stuff, sir. Thank you, Jesus. I would seek after a fight if I thought you were even in the fight. It almost seems cruel at this point. Yes, sir. For Elijah to turn around and hurt them when he knows how badly they were beaten in the first place. That's right. Oh, my. Oh, my. But make no mistake, the enemy's going to come after you. Yes, sir. But you need to, with a certain kind of confidence, say, Lord, you're going to take me out of this. If you want to show me, show me. Let me see how you're going to do it. But if not, I'm going to believe that you will do it. That I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I just want to read a couple of scriptures to you before I let you go. This is some of my Psalms. These are some of my Psalms. Some of my Psalms. Somebody help me actually read Psalms 34 verse 7. Psalms 34, verse 7. Somebody, can you help me with that, sir? Yes. Let me get to 32, verse 7 first, while you, you hold that one for me. Thou art my hiding place. Yes, sir. Thou shalt preserve me from trouble. Thou shalt compass me 
about with songs of deliverance. What's 34 saying? 34 verse 7. The angel of the Lord yes. encampeth round about them that fear him. Yes. And delivereth them. The angel of the Lord is encamping around them that fear him. Amen. Hallelujah. Go find Psalms 125 verse 2 for me first, please. And I'm going to find Psalms 139. Thank you, Lord Jesus. You got it? Yes, sir. 125 verse 2, if you take that verse one. Verse 2. Yes. As the mountains are round about Jerusalem, yes. so the Lord is round about his people. I need you to understand that whoever's coming after you, they have to go through him first. Come on, preacher. Yes. Hallelujah. They're going to have to get through him first. The Lord is with you. Psalms 139, I want to read to you, then I'll hand it over to minister. Oh, Lord. Thou hast searched me and known me. Thou knowest my down sitting and my uprising. And thou understandest my thoughts afar off. Thou compasseth my path, surrounding my path and my lying down and art acquainted with all my ways. For there is not a word in my tongue, but lo, O Lord, thou knowest it altogether. Thou hast beset me behind and before and laid thine hand upon me. He is behind me, he is before me, and his hand is upon me. Verse 6, and I'll end here. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain unto it. May the Lord add a blessing to the reader.